Appreciate that good song the Lord let Natalie write. That line about good memories in the house of God. Yes, sir. You know where my mind went. Yes, sir. And I thought if we was to ever really have a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost meeting, it's liable to scare half a Baptist in it half to death. But we need God to meet with us again. And I thought as they sang that good song, I'd rather have Jesus. I'll never forget the first time I heard the words to that song. There wasn't nobody singing it. I just got done listening to Jerry Clare talk about Knock em Out John. And Jerry got excited and started talking about Jesus. And he quoted a verse to the word. I'd rather have Jesus. God, some way, somehow, burnt that in me so strong I never got away from it, even to this day. 1 Samuel chapter number 30, what a joy it is to be here tonight. David and his men have come to Ziglag on the third day and the Amalekites have invaded and they have kidnapped their children and their women and taken them captive. David uh, is uh, inclined to pray and call on God. When he does, David, verse number eight, the Bible said, inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them without fail, recover all. So David went, him, the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Bazaar where those that were left stayed behind, or left stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 boat behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bazaar. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him for he had not eaten bread nor drunk any water Three days and three nights. David said unto him, Whom belongest thou? Whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to the Amalekite. My master left me, because three days ago and I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south, the Cherethites, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziglag with fire. Now David could have took him and killed him graveyard dead right there because he was a part of that band that burned his town with fire and kidnapped his children. David, Bible said in verse 15, and David said to him, canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, swear unto me by God that thou will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. You know the rest of the story. They went down, they got the women and children back, they got a spoil, Verse number 24, I'll pick up our thought tonight. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to battle, so shall this part be that tarrieth by the stuff, they shall part alike. Father, help me this evening. Lord, I pray that not been a pen with a pair 
the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, I need your breath on me. Lord, you said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I pray for liberty to preach tonight. Pray for conviction on the lost, revival. Lord, we come to the saints. Help us, Lord, as we consult the Word of God once again tonight for help from you. We bless you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of God tonight. I want to take our thought from verse number 24 where the Bible said, and so shall his part be that teareth by the stone they shall part alike and I want to just simply preach on this subject tonight on staying by the stuff and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever took that text amen but it may not be an original title but I promise you it will be and an original message from my heart and yours tonight if there's ever been a day and an hour when we as God's people need to make up our minds that come hell or high water that we're going to stay by the stuff and stay with old time religion and stay with this king James Bible and stay with old time worship and stay with holy living and stay with righteousness it is the day and the hour in which we live in we need people that'll make their mind up that they're going to stay by the stuff hey, beloved I, I, it's a blue John million ways you could go right here tonight but I'm going to give it to you like God gave it to me three simple thoughts and I'll be done why in the world now, I don't mind my children asking me questions if I tell them to clean the room, they better not say why. It's cause daddy said so. If I tell them to wash the dishes, they better not say why. Amen, you're liable to get whipped for that. But if my youngin comes to me and said, daddy, why do we go to church? I'm gonna answer the question. If they ask me what meaneth these stones, I'm gonna answer the question. So let's answer the question tonight and see why we need to stay by the stuff. Amen, number one, it's we can't, we can't afford to lose any more than we already have. Uh, brother, these men had suffered great loss. They had suffered great pain. And if you compare it to uh, where you was when you first got saved, we Baptists ought to be honest tonight. Uh, we ain't got it like we used to. Amen. We've lost too much. And we need to get back with God and recover all and get God back in our midst. We can't afford to lose. I mean, they lost their children, lost their wives. They lost their flocks. I mean, the great and the small, they had lost it. Hey, man, we can't afford to lose any more power than we've already lost. The Bible said in verse number four that they had no more power to weep. Beloved, we need the power of God in our day. Where's the man of God that's got power on his preaching? Where's the people that's got power and they're praying? Where's the churches that's got power on them? I remember a day when a sinner could drive by church and get under conviction and get in the parking lot and get saved by God's grace we can't afford to lose any more power than what we've already lost Oh, Lord, we need singing groups with the power of God on them. We need meetings with the power of God on them. I mean, we need Holy Ghost-filled men and women that will have the touch of God on them. You know who made a difference in my life? It's been the men that have walked with God. And when they read their text, you can sense the presence of God. And when they preach, you can sense the presence of God. Oh, how we cannot afford to lose any more of that power. 
Well, I tell you why we need to stay by the stuff. It's because we can't afford to lose any more of our prayers. Now, this text is amazing to me. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've seen it like this, but you got 600 men. They get back to town. Their town is burned down, and there ain't but one of them in the whole group that says we need to pray, and it was David. You'd have thought there'd have been more people that got there and saying, hey, we need to call on God. We can't afford to lose any more of our prayers. Brother, if there's ever been a day when we need to be bombarded heaven with our prayers. It is today. Where's the person that can pray all night? Where's the person that can pray and get into the presence of God? I'm going to ask you maybe the most convicting question you'll be asked all day long to a child of God. Have you prayed today? God, I remember when I first got saved, they taught us two things. They taught us to preach and they taught us to pray. And brother, I tell you, they'd say, the boys, we don't want none of this five minute, lay me down to sleep praying. They told us you're going to have to get a jug of water and go to the woods and pray all night long. You're going to have to pray till you get through. You're going to have to pray until God gets a hold of you. Amen. We can't afford how to lose that anymore. Oh dear God, would somebody get under a burden how to get off and call on God if you ain't got nothing else how to pray for you can pray for me you can pray for my family and pray for your church and pray for our nation I don't want to get too hung up on it tonight I don't want it to be the theme of my message, but I ain't heard too many calling for prayer in the last three months. I ain't heard too many pastors calling for a local prayer meeting. Let's meet out in the field somewhere and let's pray that God would work in these days. I ain't heard too many calling on, hey, we better pray for our politicians and better pray for our churches. Amen, everybody. Been too scared to do anything. I'll tell you one thing. We better get back right with God and get back to praying like we're supposed to and pray to God does something. Can't afford to lose no more power. Can't afford to lose no more prayers. But neighbor, we can't afford to lose no more people. Brother, I tell you, they, they done lost their wives. They done lost their children. Amen. And daddy took a chance on losing 200 more men. We can't afford to lose them. Man, they done lost their wives. That was their affection. They done lost their children. Man, there were some of those men in that group that had little boys that looked like them, that acted like them, that talked like them. Neighbor, we can't afford to lose any more of our kind. You hearing what I'm saying? We can't afford to lose any more of our kind. I mean, they fought for the same cause. They fought for the same country and fought for the same kind. And we can't afford to lose any more people. Now, these people that they were scared of losing that were so faint. Man, they weren't trying to come lately. Brother, they were they wasn't a bunch of fly by night. Man, they knowed how to handle a sword. I mean, they were in the greatest army that ever lived on planet Earth. I appreciate our Marines. I appreciate the Navy and the Air Force. I appreciate the American military. But neighbor, they never was an army like David's army. Man, I tell them guys, they were tough. Brother, they'd go out and stay out in the woods. Man, they could whip 
One fella whooped 800 by himself at one time. I would not want it to mess with that guy and I can't believe that that 800th enemy said, well, he done killed 799. I believe I can take him. Well, that sounds like something a good old North Carolina redneck would say. He'd say, watch this, boys. He's got, got killed. Neighbor, this crowd was tough. They were rough. But they came up to a time in their lives when they were so fight that they couldn't move on. I don't care how rough and tough you are. There's going to be days in your life you're going to be so emotionally stressed. You're going to be so wore out that you ain't even going to be able to cross over the brook bazaar. Now, you go look at that word brook bazaar. You know what that word means? It means cheerfulness. You know what God let them do? God let them get up to a brook and boy, they could just get to that brook and get over that brook. They could have got cheered up. I tell you, we got Baptists. I mean, they're so discouraged. They're so faint. Ain't nothing going to cheer them up. Uh, beloved, I like what Paul said on the bow of that boat. He said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He was the only one that had any cheer. I tell you, I know it ain't all about being happy. I know I, I know it ain't all about being cheered up. But every once in a while, we ought to have some happiness, have some cheer, have some joy. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that the joy of the Lord is our strength and we need God to give us our joy back can't afford to lose no more of these warriors can't afford to lose no more of these. I mean, they knew their leader just as good as those guys that could move on. I mean, they couldn't, they could, they couldn't afford to lose any more of that. But then they, we can't afford to lose any more of our possessions. That what God has given us. And the Lord's given us some good possessions, hasn't he? He give you a good godly heritage. You got a good possession. Now, I, I don't know what all was in this stuff. I can just only imagine and read between the lines. I imagine there may have been a frying pan in there. Or if you out on a, and a lot of these military campaigns wasn't nothing but a big long camping trip where you fought your enemy every day and brother I'd say a frying pan would be a good thing to have maybe it was a pillow maybe it was a blanket maybe it was extra tents maybe it was extra swords maybe it was extra hammers maybe it was extra bows whatever was in this stuff was vitally important to these men surviving this war campaign and as we march on under the blood-stained banner of the lovely Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we've got possessions that we can't afford to lose that we cannot live without. And uh, But don't get upset. If you're one of those uh, that stayed or one of those that went, don't get upset. I put myself in this picture and I thought, well, how would I have felt? If I had a group of men that I could have went with, would I have wanted to stay by the stuff or would I have wanted to have went with the 400 war. Well, in my, I guess my manhood, I wouldn't have wanted to stay behind. I'd have wanted to grab my sword and went and got me an Amalekite, went and got my bride and my baby's back. Oh, but brother, here's the thing about what qualified those men to be able to stay by the stuff. It wasn't their strength. It wasn't their power. It was their weakness. And what qualifies us? You're going to have to find out how weak you really are and how strong he really is, how little we really are, how big he really is. It was a weakness that qualified these men to stay by the side. Do you get as tired as I do of watching men run around and women like a peacock?
Act like they're God's gift to the ministry, God's gift to the pulpit, God's gift to the singing, God's gift to the Sunday school class. Thumb their spiritual suspenders and look at me. You'll never make it. But once you realize you can't do it without God. Matter of fact, the greatest preaching that'll ever get done, God the Holy Ghost will do it. The greatest singing that'll ever get done, God the Holy Ghost, He'll do it. The best praying that'll ever get done, I'm telling you, God is the one that's going to do it. And their weakness qualified them to stay by the stop. They weren't weak-minded people. They were weak in their hearts. They were faint. They were so physically and emotionally exhausted that they just could not move on. You're going to stay by the stuff. You got to realize what qualifies you. You're going to stay by the stuff so we don't lose any more than what we have. But then, next to tonight, if you're going to stay by the stuff, you're going to have to trust God. I know this is simple preaching, but it's right. You're going to stay by the stuff and be what God wants you to be. You're going to have to learn to trust God. You know, it's amazing we'll trust Him to save us, but we won't trust Him to do anything else. It's amazing. We'll trust God to, to, to take care of us, but we won't trust Him to do anything else. What you're going to have to do, first of all, you're going to have to trust the protective hand of God. I'm telling you, these men were vulnerable. The men that could fight was leaving camp. The men that could protect them was leaving camp. Which one of these 200, as soon as the 400 strong was left, was able to do anything? They were left out there vulnerable without the ability to fight. So guess who they had to trust. They had to trust God not to let the enemy find them. They had to trust God not to be taken captive. They had to trust the protective hand of God. Through many danger, tolls, and snares, we've already come. Oh, if it wasn't for God's protective hand, neighbor, there ain't no telling where we'd be at tonight. Oh, I don't have time to preach it, but I wish God had let me on the unseen providential protecting hand of Almighty God. Amen. You gotta trust his protecting hand, but then you gotta trust his promising hand. You know what God did? God told David, without fail, you will recover all. That's a promise of God. I'm telling you right now us Baptists ought to get back to trusting the promise in the hand of God God has promised us he'd take care of us he's promised us he's coming back again he's made us so many promises and yet we run around wringing our hands worried sick amen and don't even trust the promise in the hand of God I like his promise he said I'll never leave thee I'll never forsake thee and just trust him to the promise in the hand of God he can't lie he ain't never lied he ain't gonna lie God told David, you're going to get it back. Trust him. I like David's faith. I like David when he went out on the battlefield with Goliath. Oh, man, he really had a lot of faith. Oh, he had a, yeah, he did, but he had a promise from God. God had anointed him to be king. And David wasn't king yet. <laughs> so David said, well, I'm going to go kill this giant. Even if I got to rule the kingdom from a wheelchair, God's going to take care of me. Can I get a witness? I, tell you, I believe that'd make a Presbyterian kick a back end of his choir robe out right there. 
Remember, I tell you right now, he ain't never lied. I'm telling you, God is a promise-keeping God. But you're going to have to trust, and I think this next one, my favorite one, you're going to have to trust his providential hand. Now, I don't have to make no explanations. I'm not going to. If you misunderstand the next phrase I'm fixing to make, you need to go pray, repent, get right with God, and study your Bible. God is sovereign. And God is a God of divine providence. God sets things up. Can I get an amen? Now, I don't think God set that dog walking up up this tabernacle tonight up. I ain't gonna blame that on God. God done got some of you distracted. So I want you good men take that dog and lock him up in the bathroom for me right quick. Thank you very much. Don't everybody jump up at the same time. And, uh, but God is a God of divine providence. Now, there are four groups of people that encountered the providential hand of God in our text tonight. We've got those men that stayed by the stuff. We've got those that were left taken captive. We've got those, first of all, that have left out on their pursuit to get what was taken of theirs and get it back for the glory of God. How do you see the providence of God in David and those 400 men's lives? Well, they just happened to be going out through a field and there just happened to be an Egyptian there, a servant to the Amalekites. And neighbor, he knew exactly where to go find everything that they had lost. That wasn't happenstance. That wasn't circumstance. That was providence. Oh, glory to God. How that God sets things up in our lives. And it was right on time. It wasn't a day too late. He wasn't a day too early. I'm telling you, God, don't shut up on time again. And David has encountered the providential hand of God. Woo! Hallelujah. But not only was it providence for David and his 400 men? Uh, but it was providence for this young Egyptian who did not know God. <laughs> I guarantee you after this happened, that old boy probably wrote him a song, Miss Natalie, on thank God I'm glad I got sick. <laughs> now I didn't read all of it, but David and his men got back over where that crowd was. And killed every one of them except for some men that got off on some camels. Now, if that Egyptian servant wouldn't have been sick, then he'd have been in that crowd that got killed. So, um, let me read it. The Bible said, verse 1, David then came to Ziglag on the third day. Third day. Read with me verse number 13, the latter, latter part, this Egyptian servant speaking, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. That's the timing of the business. <laughs> God looked down on that whole crowd and he said, I need one of y'all to get sick. And God made him so sick that his master didn't want him anymore. 
Oh, let me run a divine rabbit tonight. Do you remember when? <laughs> Do you remember when you got so sick of the way you was a living and what you was a feeding on and feasting on the husk of this world and you got so sick of the devil, your master, that you couldn't help him anymore and your master left you in a field somewhere for dead. But come along, David. Come along, Jesus. And he reached down further than you could reach up and save your never dying soul from hell. Hallelujah. Providence. He said, I got to get you so sick that your master don't want nothing to do with you anymore, but I'm going to put my hand on you that you don't get so sick that you die. We ought to have been in hell. But when we got sick of our sin, God didn't let us die and go to hell. He kept us alive long enough that David had come running down the field. And you know what this boy did? He ended up making a deal with David. May I paraphrase tonight? He said, I'll tell you where they're at if you don't kill me. <laughs> David was wanting what he had back so bad. He said, all right. Boy, if that ain't a picture of Jesus Christ and a sinner, neighbor, I'm not talking about us making deals. Well, you don't tell God if you'll do this, you'll do No, but rightly so, like I preached it last night, we all deserve to be in hell. But just like Joseph had compassion on his brethren, David has found it in his heart to be compassionate. David could have lied to him and said, yeah, I won't kill you and I won't turn you over to the hands of your master. As soon as they got there, he could have cut his head off and that'd have been it. But no, David was a man of his word. Jesus is a man of his word. It's providence for that young boy. Boy, that'll preach. I don't care who's preaching. I tell you that, that, that I, I feel the wind of God blowing in my cells. Do you think it caught God off guard? When I walked up in that church 24 years ago, liquor on my breath, beer in the back of my truck, you think it caught God off guard? He had done told them men of God what to preach on. He had done told that man of God to have that service that night. Do you think it caught God? Do you think it caught God off guard in here tonight, sinner friend, that you're hearing a little bit of a gospel message? Do you think that you're here by accident? Absolutely not. There's a God in heaven and set it up. Now I said I wasn't going to say nothing but I, I've changed my mind. That is not Calvinist doctrine. That is King James Bible doctrine rightly divided. I'm getting sick of these guys who want to classify you on everything just because you believe the Bible. I'm moving on because I feel a mean streak crawling up my back four miles wide. God providentially worked in David's life. God providentially worked in this young Egyptian's life. God providentially worked in those that were taken captive's life. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, how they gonna know where we're at? I can see David's two wives over there. Boy, we better pray. We better call. How are we gonna know? Don't you worry about it. God done showed David where you're at. You won't never get out of God's sight. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down tonight? Hey, man, it's providence when they got taken. Boy, and that, I don't have time to preach it. I'm gonna get out of the preacher's way. 
But David gave that young Egyptian, I'm back on him, a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. Divine food. Giving right on time. God knows what we need to eat. But then recover all this divine, it's divine, it's providence. Hang on, David's on the way. I don't know. Who come burned your zigzag down? I don't know where you're taking captive, but don't worry, you're one of God's youngins. David's on his way! And beloved, we ain't always. Can I quote my old preacher, Brother Range? And with respect, I say that. God ain't gonna leave us in this low land of sorrow. One day we're leaving out of here. One golden daybreak. Jesus said he's gonna come and get us out of this sin cast world. Lastly, and I'm done tonight. You stay by the stuff according to verse 24 and 25. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? Some of those men that went didn't like it when they came back and David said, you split the spoil with everybody, even those that stayed by the stuff. Some of them didn't like it and David said, oh. He said, ah, oh, we ain't gonna do this. He said, so shall his part that tarrieth by the stuff, they shall part alike. So whether you're staying by the stuff or whether you're on the battlefield, it all pays the same. <laughs> Did you get it all pays the same? Now, if you don't want to go fight, that don't give you an excuse to be lazy and stay home and collect welfare for two weeks just because you think you got the COVID nineteen. Can I get an amen? Right there. But whether you had to stay by the stuff or whether you got to wield a sword, I'm telling you, God ain't gonna let you go underpaid. Hey, man, there's a payday someday and it all pays the same. Uh, I would say it pays with a salute, verse 21. David got back to the men, to the people, and the Bible said the last three words of that verse, he saluted them. I read that and I thought, what in the world is the king, the captain, the general doing saluting them first? A little backwards. They tell me I've got a Marine with me tonight, served our country for 10 years, fought overseas. Am I correct, Brother Chris, that it's always those that were the lower grade Lower rank, you stop and you give attention. And you don't move to that higher ranked office. Salute you back. In our text, it looks a little backwards. But I got to look in it. I did what any Bible student ought to do. I looked up that word salute. <laughs> and it means to diligently and to carefully inquire. It means to demand about what's going on here. Could I give this in my good old-fashioned North Carolina way in the mountains of saying what would have been said if I would have been the one saying this and I'd have been David? I'd have walked up to that group of men and I'd said, Hey, how y'all doing? That don't mean nothing to you, does it? Now let me put it like this. When God comes by and he says, How you doing? See, God already knows the answer to that. He knows where we're at, but the reason God would ask any of us a question, and in this case, is to let us know that He cares. 
it paid. They got their spoil back and they got their stuff back. They got more than they asked for is what I'm simply trying to say right here. Did you, when you called on God and God saved you, do you feel like I do? Did you get more than you asked for? I mean, really, I didn't know what regeneration meant when I got saved. I didn't know what the word redemption meant when I got saved. I knew what hell meant. I knew what the cross meant. I knew what Jesus meant. I'd heard of, I've heard of Calvary. Boy, but the longer I study my Bible and I realize we got all this coming to us in heaven. Oh, glory to God. But then verse 25, and I'm done. Sister Kim, would you and your family, the pastor, want you all to come? Sing an invitation song tonight, if you don't mind. The Bible said in verse 25, And it was so from that day forward that he made a statue and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. It paid with a statue. Simply put, God put it in law. It's the law of God that pays the same. We're standing all over the building, every head bowed, every eye closed. Sister Kim, y'all begin to play and sing softly. I wonder tonight, we'll be brief. Anybody say, Preacher Morgan, pray for me. Pray for me. I want you to pray God to give me courage to stay by the stuff and walk with God. If you'd like to, as long as it's been since we've been in a good meeting together, these altars ought to be flooded tonight. You come and pray and ask God to help you. They're going to sing. If you could own all the world and its money, build castles tall enough to 